Well, good morning. It is so good to see you on this uh, Memorial Day weekend. Uh, where did half of you go? Uh, to the beach, is that where it is? Well, we should have had church at the beach today, huh? Wouldn't that been cool? Well, I'm glad you're here. Thank you so much for being here. It's good to see you. I uh, hope that you've had a, a great week. <clears throat> We're very thankful, of course, the Lord seen fit to send us the rain. Uh, for those of you that have gardens, I know you were especially grateful for all of that. Uh, but I thank you for braving the weather and being here today. Just a couple things <clears throat> I want to call your attention to. The Family Ministries Ministry Team uh, is meeting immediately following service today over in the Fellowship Hall. We're having lunch together. Uh, this is uh, not just the members of that ministry team, but also our children's workers, uh, which includes nursery and uh, connect groups. Uh, parents, we need you there. Uh, if, if you're able to stay with us, we're going to feed you, of course. Uh, we're not just going to ask you to go over there and uh, let your stomach growl. But we're going to be talking about and looking at um, what children's ministry is going to look like as we transition in the next couple of weeks. So if you can be a part of that, we would love for you to be a part of that. That's immediately following the service today over in the Fellowship Hall. <clears throat> You'll also notice, <coughs> excuse me, that next Sunday is our graduation Sunday. Uh, we're going to be uh, recognizing all of our 2023 graduates, and uh, we're excited for them as they finish out this uh, final week of school, high school. Many of our college graduates have already gone through the process of walking and receiving their diplomas and degrees, and we're so proud of them. Uh, but I hope uh, you'll be in prayer for these young men, young ladies, as they take their next step uh, in their life journey. And then also let you know that the ministry team sign-up uh, begins today. If you go out here in the front foyer near the elevator, there's a table there with all of our ministry teams listed. And so we're asking you to let us know uh, which ministry team you want to serve on in the coming year that starts in September. Now, the way that works is each ministry team is made up of individual ministries. And so you're going to sign up for the team, not the individual ministry, but the team that you want to be a part of. Let me give you an example. Uh, if you want to work with our decorating team, uh, our decorating ministry, excuse me, they are part of our worship team. So you would go out there, sign up for the worship team, and uh, then you'll be contacted. You can let us know that you want to be a part of decorating. That's the way it works. So sign up for the team that has the ministry within it that you want to be a part of. That starts today, and we'll go through all of next month with that. Let's take just a moment to pray together. Uh, we want to, uh, oh, that's right. Well, there's another one, too, that's got an announcement, so go ahead. I turn this one on if you need it. Just real quick, want to remind everyone. Oh, he's right. Where is everybody? <laughs> um, next Sunday we will, will be the first Sunday rehearsal of our summer gospel choir. 9.30 downstairs in the choir room. And I know there are con some concerns because typically a lot of our Sunday school classes start at 9.45, and I understand that. Here's why this time was picked. I want this to be for ages 14 and up. This is for so a wide range. Uh, one, I can't do it earlier on Sunday because we're rehearsing with the band and the praise team. 
I was hesitant to do it a night during the week because some folks don't like driving at night. So this just seemed to be the best way to get the most amount of people involved. I promise you, like I've said before, I will have you out by 10 o'clock. And this is not a permanent thing. This is only for June, July, and August. This is very short term. So if you could give us some time, we'd appreciate it because we're going to have a great time singing these gospel songs. If you've got any other questions, please feel free to talk to me. I'm here for Bible school. We are getting ready for Bible school. It is at the end of June, which means we only have four Sundays until we are welcoming welcoming kids into our um, church doors for the week-long Bible school. So we started decorating yesterday. And as you saw on the slides, and um, will be in your bulletin communicator, we're going to decorate every Saturday from 10 to 12. We promise we'll get you out at 12 o'clock um, and start setting up our church so it's just not overwhelming the first the week before Bible school. So we started yesterday. We appreciate those that came out to help us. And we began by um, making letters for your prayer warriors. We need prayer warriors to start praying this week. So you see a giant M. I apologize, our other M fail. I'll get that back up. But we would like for you this week to pray for everyone who moves through our doors. That's for the letter M. Who moves through our doors during the week of Bible school to feel welcomed and loved. That's all you need to do. Just pray that prayer over and over this week for us. To show the kids when they come that you have prayed for them. We want to ask you to write your name or your family's name on the sheet. Um, it's a plastic sheet. We have Sharpies in the little windowsill beside of the um, sheets. There's the one that failed. There's still Sharpies back there that you can get and just sign your name to if you don't mind. Um, next week you're going to see an O, and we'll let you know what that means. But we need your prayers for these children this week. So just pray that everyone who comes and moves through these doors will be welcomed and loved at Bible school. Thanks. very much and we want to uh, uh, take a moment to pray together in just a few moments we're going to be remembering and honoring uh, the veterans of our church who have passed away we know Memorial Day weekend uh, was established to remember the veterans who died in battle or died in military while in military service but uh, we usually take this as an opportunity to remember all of our veterans who have passed away, and we'll do that just a little bit later on. Uh, so let's take just a moment to pray, and then we'll get moving into our service. Lord, thank you for this day. Thank you for the many blessings that you have provided for us. Lord, it's so obvious that we have a lot of people traveling today, have a lot of people that are uh, moving around uh, elsewhere, and we just pray for them, Lord. We pray you keep them safe, give them a great weekend uh, as they celebrate this holiday weekend. Lord, we thank you for every person that has made it into this place today. We thank you for them. We thank you for the, their families, Lord. We thank you for who they are and what they mean to us as a church family. We pray your blessings over our time together today. Lord, we just, we just want to know beyond a shadow of a doubt that when we leave here today that truly we have worshipped. And we know, Lord, that you tell us that you inhabit the praises of your people. So as we prepare our hearts for your word by singing together and fellowshipping with one another, we just pray, O oh God, that our hearts will be filled with praise. And that as we lift our praise to you, that, Lord, you will honor that praise with your presence 
in this place. Lord, lead us and guide us today is our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to invite you to please stand and let's join together as we open our time with song. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for everything you've given us, dear Lord. Dear Lord, uh, thank you for the rain that you've given us uh, today and tomorrow. Dear Lord, uh, we just uh, pray a special blessing uh, on our veterans uh, this day uh, for what uh, they've done for us. Uh, they uh, some have give uh, the ultimate sacrifice. Uh, 
Dear Lord, uh, we pray a special blessing uh, now as we come and uh, give a small portion back to you for uh, just uh, uh, give a um, just pray a special blessing on uh, just back small portion back to you for it's in your name we pray amen
for that great singing. You may be seated. Be careful now. Somebody's going to think you're Baptist Costal. Huh? That's all right. Let them think it. That's all right. Well, it's good to see you here today. Today is a special day. Uh, it is a day that has been declared by our federal government as a federal holiday, a day to pause and remember the men and women of our military who gave their life while in service of our military. Uh, as I said just a few moments ago, it is our practice uh, here to not only remember those who have fallen uh, while in service, but also to remember all of our deceased veterans. In just a moment, uh, we have um, approximately 90 names. Uh, we used to read these names, and uh, it would take us so long to be able to do that. Uh, but we do want to honor these men and women whose names are on these uh, slides. So here's what we're going to do. Uh, we're going to present the slides to you with the names in alphabetical order of the members of our church who have served in the military and have gone on to be with the Lord. Here's what we invite you to do, that as a screen comes up and you see a loved one's name, a member of your family, who has served in the military and has gone to be with the Lord, we ask you, as that person's name is on the screen, to please stand uh, while, that screen is, uh, while that screen is up. Uh, because we understand that not only do we today remember those uh, who have served our country so faithfully, but we also uh, remember the families who were willing to say goodbye to their family member during that period of time that they served, and for many, saying goodbye for, for, uh, for lifetime as they went off to war and never returned. So we're going to do that now, um, and then uh, afterwards, I believe Brandon's going to play taps for us. Uh, Brother Dole, I believe you're going to be helping us out there as well. So uh, I'm going to lead us in a word of prayer of thanksgiving for these individuals, and then we'll begin scrolling their names. Our Father and our God, today we do come with a heart that's filled with gratitude for the men and women who have so faithfully served our country down through the years, but Lord, especially for those who gave the ultimate sacrifice, who were willing to go and serve even if it meant uh, their very life. And Lord, we thank you uh, for the, their dedication and their devotion to our country. And Lord, today we remember them and we celebrate them. We celebrate these families also, Lord, who have given unselfishly of themselves for their family member to go and serve. So Lord, today as we remember all of these who are, have been a part of this church body down through the years, who have faithfully served and now gone on to be with you, we pray, Lord, that at each time, uh, we remember them, that again, our heart will be filled with gratitude. Lord, we love you, we praise you, we thank you for these individuals. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.
Thank you, veterans. You may be seated now. Thank you, Brother Dole, for leading us in that. Um, Thank you, Brandon, for the playing of taps. We are so very grateful to each man and woman uh, who has served and is serving in our military. They are our heroes. They are brave, uh, and we owe much to them. If you have your Bible, in the book of Micah, chapter number one, the book of Micah, chapter number one, no, sorry, number one, Tommy's losing it, chapter number five, verse number one, how's that? Have you ever noticed we just have days when we struggle? We have struggled today, haven't we? I don't know what it was about what all we're doing today, but we have definitely struggled. But you know what, um, God is glorified even in the midst of our struggles, and that's the great news. Micah chapter number 5, we'll begin reading in verse number 1, and we're going to read down through the very first part of chapter number 5, or verse number 5. So here's what it says, Micah chapter 5, beginning in verse 1, Now muster yourselves in troops, daughters of troops. They have laid siege against us. With a rod they will smite the judge of Israel on the cheek. But as for you, Bethlehem of Ephrathah, too little to be among the clans of Judah, from you one will go forth for me to be a ruler in Israel. His going forth are from long ago, from the days of eternity. Therefore, he will give them up until the time When she who is in labor has born a child, and the remainder of his brethren will return to the sons of Israel. And he will arise and shepherd his flock in the strength of the Lord, and the majesty of the name of the Lord his God. And they will remain, because at that time he will be great to the ends of the earth. This one will be our peace. Let us pray. Lord, again, thank you for this day. Thank you for this opportunity to enter into this house of worship. It just seems that uh, for whatever reason, we've just, uh, we're just, we're just having a time. But I thank you, Lord, that even in the midst of our struggles, that you are glorified in them. So I pray now, Lord, in the remainder of the time that we have together as we have opened up the inerrant, the infallible, the inspired Word of God, that, Lord, you'll just speak to us through these words, that the Holy Spirit of God would fall fresh upon this place, that our hearts will be dealt with in in a way that will bring glory to you, that, Lord, if there is encouragement needed, that encouragement will be given, if there's Reproof needed, that reproof will be given. But that, Lord, in everything that we do, when we're all said and done, that name of Jesus has been lifted high and has been given honor and glory and praise. For it's in that beautiful and wonderful name we pray. Amen. Today we continue in the book of Micah. I think there's no denying that both Samaria and Jerusalem, as we have read in this book, 
they are about to experience difficult days. War is coming into their city. Devastation waits at the doorstep for each of these kingdoms. Their difficulties would come because of their rebellion against God and the rejection of His rule. You see, the truth of the matter is that sin always carries a consequence. Sin always carries a consequence. We can't openly and willingly disobey the God of heaven, the creator of the universe, and expect to just skate by. It doesn't happen that way. However, even in our unfaithfulness to him, he remains faithful to us. And these verses carry Micah's prophecy about the coming of the Messiah of God. We may sometimes read from these verses during our Christmas season because that prophecy was given in Genesis chapter 3 verse 15 when man had fallen into sin and God promised that one day on his timetable, in his time and in his way, he would send a deliverer. He would send one that would deliver man out of the bondage of the sin that they had now found themselves in. Sinners need a Savior. Sinners need a Savior. You see, that's the first step in salvation. We must come to the the understanding that we are a sinner and we need a Savior. Until we come to that point in our life, as long as we think we can handle it, as long as we think we've got it together, as long as we think we can work our way through it or out of it, we will never come to Christ for salvation. The beginning of salvation begins with the understanding that I am a sinner and I need a Savior. I cannot save myself. No matter how much I try, no matter how much effort I give, I cannot produce righteousness of my own that will make me right with God. I need a Savior. God's wrath and judgment against sin without a Savior is dooming all of us. The Bible says that we have all Sin and come short of the glory of God. And the result of that is that we all must face eternal death because of it. So just as these Israelites, these these people of Judah, just as they needed a Savior to save them from the destruction that was coming their way, you and I need a Savior as well. Because we have in our sinful nature destruction coming our way. Now judgment is at hand for these two kingdoms, but God is faithful. That's why we have we, we keep going back to that theme in the book of Micah. God is faithful. Yes, He's faithful to judge sin. Yes, He's faithful to call us to repentance. Yes, He's faithful to, to, to restore us when we cry out to Him in faith. Yes, He is faithful. And here we find in the book of Micah, God is revealing to 
these two kingdoms, one that has already fallen, the northern kingdom with the city of Samaria now in ruins, and soon to be the southern kingdom of Judah with, with, with Jerusalem destined to be found in ruins, he reminds them that he is the source of delivery. He is the deliverer. One of the great mistakes that many of the kings in the Old Testament made, if you go back and read through the Chronicles and through the, uh, the first king and second king records, here's what you find. They, they, instead of trusting God for their protection, instead of trusting God to be their deliverer, they would make, they would make pacts. They would sign treaties with other countries to protect them. And God is reminding them that he is their deliverer. There is no other deliverer. So as we look at this passage of Scripture, we find three characteristics of the Messiah that God says, one day I'm going to send the ultimate deliverer. And these are his characteristics. This is what he will accomplish. This is what he will be like. That first characteristic that we see in this passage is that the Messiah is going to be great in his person because he tells us in verse number two that Bethlehem would be the place that this deliverer would come from. Now I'm sure that as the inhabitants of uh, of, of Samaria and as the inhabitants of Jerusalem as they read this, as they heard this message, I'm sure they thought, that's a joke, isn't it? Bethlehem? Of all places, of, of all the things and all the places and that, that the Messiah could come from, Bethlehem. And he goes on to tell us why. They are so little among the clans of Judah. In fact, they were, they were considered insignificant of a city. It was considered insignificant of a location. It was, it was not even worth the time of day to even consider them. But it's from there. That the Messiah would come. And he goes on to say in verse number 2. From you will go forth one for me to be a ruler in Israel. And his goings forth are from long ago and from the days of eternity. Here's what I want you to understand. Throughout all of human history, Satan has tried to discredit the Messiah. He tried to do it in the Old Testament by, by, by telling the people that, that the Messiah would never come. That God was just teasing with them that the deliverer would never show up and, and that he would never come. And then he even tried to destroy the, the lineage of the deliverer over and over again. And then in the New Testament, once Jesus has arrived, the deliverer has come, the Messiah is here. Then Satan began to attack his divinity. And ever since then, that's been the attack. Satan doesn't mind you thinking that Jesus is a good man. Satan doesn't mind you thinking that Jesus was a, a great healer. Satan doesn't mind you thinking that he was some kind of religious leader. But what he tries to do more than anything else is to deny that Jesus is God in the flesh. He wants to rob Jesus of his divinity. Because if he can rob him of his divinity, then he robs him of his power to save. If he can rob him of who he is, then he can, he can dismantle what he has accomplished. We know that 
So many deny not just the deity of Jesus, but they, they deny the power of Jesus. They deny the power of the cross. They deny the power of redemption, the power of salvation, the power of the resurrection. They deny the power that Jesus had. They'll, they'll even go so far as saying, well, yeah, maybe there was a, a good religious man who taught good religious teachings. And, and maybe there really was a good religious person who worked good religious miracles, who died on a good religious cross. But don't get fooled into thinking that he ever came back from the grave. You see, they try to rob Jesus. But what the Bible tells us, Micah, writing this, 700 years before the birth of Christ. He, he, he proclaims, God, through this servant Micah, he proclaims, there is a deliverer coming. And this deliverer that is coming is no ordinary deliverer. Because he has no beginning and he has no end. He is everlasting and he is divine. God wasn't promising to send them some great revolutionary leader that would rise up through their ranks and one day to deliver these cities out of their captivity. He wasn't promising to send an angelic being that had been created by him to come and break their chains. But God is promising that He, in the person of the Messiah, would come to deliver them from their very bondage. That He would do that. He would come to deliver them. That's why Isaiah was instructed to write these words. That the Messiah shall be known as Emmanuel. God with us. That's who the deliverer is going to be. That's who the deliverer is. We, we know him by the name of Jesus. We call him the Son of God. We, we call him Savior. But he says to them, long before the, the, the babe was ever born in Bethlehem, he says to them, I'm the one that's coming to deliver you. I'm coming down in the person of the deliverer. I'm going to be the one that takes care of you. This Messiah is going to be great. In his person, God the Son was the only one that could completely satisfy God the Father's wrath upon our sin. The only one who could fully deliver us was none other than God in the flesh himself. This prophecy that we just read here in the book of Micah chapter 5 verse number 2 was so important that you'll remember in as we as we go through the 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 events uh, that surrounded the birth of the Messiah you'll remember that there were magi wise men that came from the east and they traveled to the palace there where Herod was and they inquired of Herod where is this one who is born king of the Jews where can we find him so that we can go worship him so prominent was this prophecy that Herod's own advisors went to the book of prophecy and scripture and the prophets and began to read and they came back to Herod and they said, here's what God has said. God says that it's Bethlehem, that little, small, tiny, insignificant town is from him the ruler would go forth. That's where you'll find this child. How beautiful is this that even 
700 years later that whenever people wanted to know where and when the the deliverer would come, they could find it in God's Word because He had promised, He was faithful to promise, I will send a deliverer and here's where you will find Him. What a beautiful reminder of the faithfulness of God. He had said it when Adam and Eve were standing in the garden, I'm going to send a deliverer. And now all of this, all of this years later as, as sin has, has done its damage and, and cities are falling and people are dying and, and the enemy is on the march, even in the midst of this chaos, even in the midst of this hurt, even in the midst of this trial, God reminds them, I'm going to send the deliverer. I'm faithful to my promise. I want you to understand, I don't know what you're going through today. You may be going through one of the most difficult days of your life. You may be in the fight of your life, the struggle for the very existence just to survive. And you're wondering, where is God in this? Where is He? I need Him, and I need Him now. I want you to hear, He has promised you. He would never leave you. He'd never forsake you. That He would take care of you. And just as you are in the midst of your struggle, I want you to hear Michael proclaim, God has not forgotten you. He will send His Deliverer to you. Messiah is great in His person. But He's also great in His calling. As we read through this, I I thought it was so interesting. The words that God chose to, to give to Micah to write. Because he says, from, from you, Bethlehem, one will go forth for me to be a ruler in Israel. But wait a minute, wait a minute. Can we back up? Jesus came for us, right? Well, yeah, we can't deny that. But but listen, yes, Jesus came to deliver us from the penalty of eternal wrath. However, the primary purpose for the coming of Jesus was for the glory of God the Father. He was God's Messiah for God's glory to deliver God's people in God's time. So that the God of heaven could receive the praise for the delivery that was made. Yes, He did. Yes, He came to save us. Yes, He came to die for our sins. Yes, He came to bleed for us and resurrect for us. Yes, He did all of that. But He did it for the glory of God. The Father sent Him. So that one will go forth for me to be a ruler in Israel. He came to be God's deliverer. Jesus came to do the will of the Father. In Old Testament prophecies, the Messiah is often described and identified by this moniker, the servant of the Lord. The servant of the Lord. Jesus proclaimed in John chapter 3, verse 34, My food or, or, or the very sustenance of my being is to do the will of Him who sent me and to accomplish His work. He came to, to glorify the God of heaven. He lived to glorify the God of heaven. He, he worked to glorify the God of heaven. He taught to glorify the God of heaven. He died to glorify the God of heaven. And He resurrected to glorify the God of heaven. You and I are the beneficiaries 
of what he has done. You see, the will of Satan was to stop Jesus from fulfilling his purpose. The will of mankind was to crucify Jesus in order to to silence him. But the will of God was to send his son to die for our sins so that we might have salvation. You want to know how much God loves you? That his will, what glorified him to the utmost, was to hang his own son on a cross for our sins. What brought him the most glory, what brought him the most praise, that made him most deserving of our worship was the fact that He loved us so much that He would send His Son to die for our sins so that we wouldn't have to face His wrath and we would bring glory to God. Oh man, I I, I don't want us to miss that. The The calling of the Messiah, He was given His purpose. He was given the plan of of God the Father, God the Son came to fulfill the purpose of God the Father. He came to bring glory to God the Father. And He did it in everything He did. You and I are the beneficiaries of that. We have reaped the rewards and the results of uh, of the faithfulness of Jesus to, to bring glory to God the Father. You and I have have, have been able to gain the rewards of what Jesus has earned for us on the cross of Calvary and purchased for us in His blood. He has glorified God to our benefit. And now, we are to glorify God. Jesus was sent by God and for God. The Messiah is great in His calling. What a beautiful picture of who Jesus is and what he has accomplished for us. Yes, he accomplished God's holy will. What was God's holy will? That none should perish but all come to everlasting life. What was God's will? God's will that you would be redeemed so that your life could bring glory to him. God's will was so that you could be saved from your sin, so that you could glorify him in your Life. He, he sent His Son to fulfill His mission. There's a third characteristic of the Messiah. He was great in His person. He was great in His calling. But then we go into verse number 4 and that first line of, chap, of verse number 5. And we see that the Messiah was great in His ministry. Let's read those two verses together, or that verse and a piece together. He will arise, and he will shepherd his flock in the strength of the Lord, in the majesty of the name of the Lord his God. And they will remain, because at that time, he will be great to the ends of the earth. This one is our peace. Don't miss that. His ministry. Israel had had its share of false shepherds. Men who came claiming to proclaim the word of God. But instead they proclaimed the word of man. They were supposed to be the ones that would guide spiritually and lead spiritually the people of God. As they as they worshipped God. But yet these shepherds have become corrupt. 
these shepherds were doing anything and everything but what they were called to do. But Jesus came, and as he spoke to those who followed him, he said these words in John 10. I am the good shepherd. And the good shepherd comes to lay down his life for his sheep. Don't don't miss that. There's a lot of shepherds out there. But there's only one great shepherd. There's 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 a lot of shepherds out there. And they all want you to follow them. But there's only one great shepherd. There's only one good shepherd. The shepherds in Micah's day were corrupt and they had betrayed the people. They, they, they were helping to oppress the poor and, and help the, the rich gain their, their goods. And they were, they were caught up in, the, in all of the corruption that was going on. But the coming Messiah, when this shepherd gets here, this shepherd will walk in the strength of the Lord. This shepherd will shepherd his flock in the strength of the Lord and in the majesty of the name of the Lord his God. He hasn't come to be a shepherd like any other they had experienced. He was, he was the shepherd that came from God, for God, to lead people to God. He is the great shepherd. And the coming Messiah would shepherd his flock in a way that would glorify God the Father, that would bring him, that would bring praise to his name. And as the great shepherd, Jesus came to provide and he came to protect all that would believe upon him. We've got a, we've got an issue going on at our house. We've got a dog that doesn't have a brain the size of an ant. That's a problem. I put her on a big old long lead, let her run around in the backyard. She'll get hung and twisted around every blade of grass, every tree, every bush, anything in the yard. She'll she'll walk around it six times and then bark at me to come get her untangled. And I used to get, and I ain't going to lie to you, I still do from time to time, get so angry. Y'all talk, do you talk to yourself? I talk to myself. And I'm walking out there going, you stupid dog. I can't believe you. You dumb dog. Can't, can't figure out. You walked around the same tree five times. Just walk around it five times the other direction. Seems simple, doesn't it? But she doesn't understand. Here's where I have found a helper. I go to I start walking in the direction that she needs to be unwound from. I don't put my hands on her. I just say, come on, girl. Let's go. And I walk around that tree five times going, come on, girl. Let's go. Come on, girl. Let's go. And she'll unwind herself because I'm leading her to be untangled. And then when we get that last loop and she realizes she's free, she runs over to the next tree and runs around it five times. This week as I was walking around trees in our yard and bush, bushes and shrubs and whatever else was sticking up in the yard that she could wrap herself around, I thought to myself, isn't that what the great shepherd does for us? 
Now, he doesn't walk out to us going, you stupid, no good, low down. You know, he does, he's not doing that mumbling stuff like I do. But you know what he, he does do? He just comes to us in our mess and we're tangled up and we're all wrapped up and we're, wrapped, we're just we're strapped. And he goes, come on, follow me. Follow me. Come on, I'm going to help you out. Follow me. And he walks through our tangles with us. And he walks through our mess with us. And he just gently guides us out of the mess that we have found ourselves in. That's what the great shepherd does, isn't it? He comes not to beat the sheep. He comes not to belittle the sheep. He comes to lead the sheep. What a great shepherd we have. He provides a way of forgiveness for our sins. He provides a means of escape from God's judgment on our rebellion. He he provides eternal life instead of eternal death. He protects us from the destruction that the sin puts in our way. He protects us from the chains of our fallen nature. Our great shepherd comes to walk with us. Even in the midst of the shadow of the valley of death. He is the great shepherd. He's great in his ministry. Jesus is that promised Messiah. He is that promised deliverer. He's great in his person. Don't let anybody convince you otherwise. He is God incarnate. He is God in flesh. He is everlasting and he is eternal. There is no was with Jesus. There is always is. He is the great shepherd. He is the deliverer. He is the son of God. He's great in his calling. He has come and completely and totally fulfilled God's mission of salvation. There is nothing left to be done. He has crossed every T, dotted every I. He was able to say as he hung on the cross in his last breath, It is finished. He brought glory to God through his death. And he brought glory to God through his resurrection. And he brings glory to God as he guides you and I in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. He's great in his ministry. He's come to shepherd all who will come to him. And follow him in repentance by surrendering to him. My question today is, yes, this was written 700 years before Jesus was born. We've watched 2,000 years pass since Jesus walked this earth. But the question is still the same. Do you know this deliverer? Have you met him? He is faithful to you. He has come today to be your deliverer. You say, well, Tommy, I'm already a Christian. I've already given my life to Jesus Christ. I know I'm saved. I know I'm going to heaven when I die. But do you know what? You still need delivering, just like I do. I need delivering on days when when sin bombards me. I need delivering on those days when my fallen nature tries to take control. I need deliverance on those days when I get tangled And wrapped in the affairs of the world. I need him to come and deliver me from my tangles. Do you need him to deliver you today? If you don't know him today personally, can I tell you something? Jesus is your deliverer. The way he brings glory to God is by drawing you to himself. 
by setting you free from your sin and giving you eternal life, God, that's, that's the way God is glorified. That none should perish, but all come to everlasting life. Maybe you're like little Holly. You're wrapped around something today. You just need the shepherd to come lead you out of it. Today's the day he can deliver you. This altar is going to be open in just a moment as we stand and as we sing. You're always welcome to come and pray here. If you need to pray where you are, you're always welcome to do that. I'll be down front if you need somebody to pray with you, pray for you. I'll be glad to do that for you. But today's the day to let Jesus be the deliverer. Let's pray. Lord, how I thank you that you were willing to come and do for us what we couldn't do for ourselves. We couldn't figure it out for ourselves. Lord, we, we so desperately try, and we want to be able to do it ourselves, but we just can't. You, Lord Jesus, are the deliverer. We thank you, Lord, that you came to glorify God by fulfilling his plan of salvation so that now we can be the beneficiaries of that, of that finished work of the cross and of the empty tomb so that we can reap the rewards of salvation by coming to you. Lord, I pray if there's one that's in this room right now, if there's one who watches this through the internet in the days to come who doesn't know you, Lord, how I, I pray that right now in the stillness of this moment, that the Holy Spirit of God will reveal to them that they are a sinner and they need a deliverer. They need a Savior. And there is only one that can save them. And that is Jesus Christ, the Holy Son of God, the Messiah of God. How I pray, Lord, that even right now that they turn to you and surrender their life to you, that they find themselves at your feet, admitting their sinfulness and proclaiming your righteousness. Lord, I pray for that believer that may be in this room right now, that believer that may watch this in days to come. Lord, they've just gotten so wrapped in the affairs of the world that now they stand immobilized, unable to move. Maybe it's fear, maybe it's guilt, shame, whatever it may be. Lord, may today be the day that they cry out for their deliverer. And that as you come by their side, Lord, that they will fall in step with you as you lead them out of the tangled web that they find themselves in to that place of freedom that you have saved them to walk in. Lord, in these next few moments, be our shepherd. Be our deliverer. Be our Messiah. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand together as we sing together.
Well, thank you so much for being here today. God bless you. I I know we are creatures of habit. So odds are you are sitting where you always sit. So here's what I want to ask you to do. If you, you usually know the people that sit right around you, if they're missing today, uh, try to make a point sometime this week. Just call them, let them know you missed them. You know, that's, that's all we're asking you to do. You don't, you, don't have to, you don't have to interrogate them or anything like that. Find out where they were. That's all right. But just call them and let them know that we've missed them. That would be a great, great outreach this week. Thank you for all of those who came last week and gave out, let's see, 265 packets of information. I think we had 15 people who came out and did that. Thank you to all of those who did that. We appreciate it so much, and we're just praying that God's going to use a lot of that information to be a blessing to a lot of people. Don't forget the meal immediately following the service for those who are uh, family ministries team, parents, children's workers, uh, children's volunteers, all of that. And the sign-up sheets for the ministry teams are out in the foyer next to uh, the elevator. You'll find them there. Lazy five sign-ups out there too, just so you know. Let's pray together and we'll be dismissed. Father God, thank you that you keep your promises. Lord, we don't ever have to worry about whether you're going to forget about us. We don't have to worry about whether you ever th- stop thinking about us. Lord, you, you've been faithful and true to us in every way. Thank you for being faithful and sending the Messiah, the Deliverer for us. Lord, how I pray that we follow him daily, knowing that he is there to guide us in the ways of righteousness for his name's sake. That, Lord, he leads us to green pastures and still waters. So help us, Lord, to be a lover and a follower of the great shepherd. Dismiss us now with your love. Lord, we pray as we go into this meeting that you you bless the food that we're going to be uh, partaking of and just bless our time of planning and discussion there. And, Lord, we just pray that you'll prepare our hearts for the next time we come together. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.